0: <laughs> <laughs> what over here sighing it up oh <sighs> God. I'm, just, I'm sorry i was getting settled in before i hit record fucking so pump was the i brakes, that's Brad. all it was
1: that's all i'm doing is God, just sitting back I'm relaxing
0: sorry that you're and exasperated <laughs> because, I, tr- because exasperated. I was trying to get set before we start Hey, everybody, welcome to HPB. I'm Chris. Oh, don't give me that. That's not going to be the intro. Fuck sure. you. No I way. I did it. You start off. No, this I did thing, it. I did it. Whole... You... Oh. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself, Brad. Let's keep the train moving. We don't have time for this bullshit. I'll get you for this, Chris. No, you won't. Let's go. You're
1: right, I won't. Hi, my name's Brad. Brad Havens, uh, welcome to HPV, No <laughs> oh, fuck you. No, you're <laughs> yeah. not
0: going to redo my intro. <laughs> oh, I already did oh, it. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and so have I. Now, you're welcome to HPV. Shit, what was the glorious movie we watched? <laughs> Fucking... It has been months since we've seen each other. Delightful yeah. to be in your company again. It's been thanks real for great. indulging me with this movie. What was oh. the name of
0: it? Oh, absolutely. We just got done watching Kung Fu Hustle. I remember the name of it, you ass bag. <laughs> well, I don't know the way you're hemming and hawing there, <laughs> stalling. <laughs> yeah, I was really. Uh, it was for dramatic effect. I oh, was. That? <laughs> I was acting. I'm a performer, Brad. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that, Chris. Yeah, you Son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. Fucking sit at my table. Anyway. (laughs) Yep. So, Brad. Yes. Why'd you bring me Kung Fu Hustle? Well, you know,
1: it's an interesting time in my life. (laughs) God damn it.
0: (laughs) Man, I can always tell because when you start with that tone, like, oh, here comes some bullshit. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm just trying to answer your question, Chris. (laughs) So, effectively (laughs) i had not seen this movie in a little while it's one of my favorite movies i think it's really weird and i did not know if you'd actually seen this movie or not if you had then um the real question was how recent and whether or not you even liked it wanted to see it again that sort of thing
0: i don't believe i had ever seen this film I very often since I'm not like a big fan of this kind of like this genre generally speaking. Right. I always confuse this with like Kung Fury and there's another movie kind of around this time mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And they all get kind of lumped in together in my brain cuz I'd never really actually watched any of them. Right. But oh, man, Kung Fu Hustle. It's a it's a real fucking experience. Yeah. And, uh, now a uh, slight uh, background for
1: people who may not have seen this movie. This is an international movie coming from Chinese filmmakers. His name is Stephen Chow. He wrote, directed, produced. He plays the lead. And the lead is essentially this uh, ne'er-do-well trying to figure out what to do with his life. But lo and behold, he is a secret uh, kung fu master. uber master. Yeah. and um, And it's... Fascinating, to me, fascinating comedy, not just a, a kung fu movie, but a comedy that employs many different influences. And you can see quite a bit of references to American movies. I know I don't get all of the references that are in that movie. There's no way. But... um I hadn't seen it in a long time and since we're doing this thing, I was hoping that this might be something that I could spring upon you as something you had never really seen before. Delighted to find out you've never really seen this before or if you have you don't remember it. What did you think, my friend?
0: Uh, uh, uh again, this is a real experience. Um not a, I'm not a big uh like martial arts movies uh-huh. guy. Mm-hmm. E- even stuff like John Wick even kind of teeters for me where, you know, like the, I don't want to say like fast cut action, but like hand to hand combat. And so it, it's something that doesn't super duper interest me. Uh-huh. And along with, um, I notoriously also do not like superhero stuff. Mm. So there was a little bit of this that I kind of glazed over. Okay. Like when, uh, the beast, uh, initially fights the, couple yeah like at that point yeah. it was well okay i get that he's stronger than both of them and this is taking a really long time and it <laughs> it becomes boring when they have to do everything in slow motion because obviously you wouldn't be able to see much of anything otherwise right. but other right. than that those like the action pack parts were the parts that kind of dragged for me the rest of the film w- was fucking incredible. And even a lot of the action parts, I really, really dug.
1: Mm-hmm, cool. But
0: there there was a little bit of it that, like, all right, well, they can stop fighting and progress this weird-ass story some more. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, that
1: fight between the Beast and um, the lovers, uh, Paris and Helen of... Helen of Troy is how they identify each other and themselves. Um, The
0: landlady and her husband.
1: Yeah, the landlady and her husband. Easy. Uh, There is something about that fight, that moment in the movie that I think the general sort of audience fatigue sets in. Because suddenly you're like, I mean, you're going from the introduction of the Beast, which is already kind of interesting. He's stopping bullets with two fingers, that sort of thing. But then suddenly you're into, like you say, this slow motion fight, which on one hand is kind of interesting because um, you kind of have the ability to see everything that's happening like the way he floats through the air and they jump at each other and that stuff yeah that's cool but then again it is slow-mo and we're at a point in the movie where it's like okay let's let's start bringing it home Uh huh. yeah
0: and like i said that that sequence and like the uh sequence kind of bookending it i guess are like the only part that dragged for me when yeah like you said i just kind of wanted it to okay let's get to let's get to the end or let's let's cut the action and get a gag in here or something because it did become kind of action focused for a good 10 15 minutes and again not to say that the action is bad
1: mm-hmm.
0: but even in the uh what i thought was the coolest fight the guy was with the uh the violent gigantic violin looking yeah. thing mm-hmm. even that at, at a point like okay let's let's move this along yeah this this is taking a bit too long, even mm-hmm. though it's cool action, it's the same repetitive action
1: in a way, but- yeah, and particularly because um what they set up there are the three warriors in that confrontation they they take out the three warriors successfully or successively, yeah, rather than uh all at once combined um But, you know, uh, I really like that first uh, kill scene because even though it's slow mo, um, they don't reveal that this musical instrument is actually throwing like invisible swords yeah at these people so you see like the shadow play of the cat you see the cat come into frame leave the frame but he leaves as he's jumping the shadow of his jump follows on the wall and the shadow you see what happens to that and you're like oh
0: yeah oh no
1: uh-oh yeah this is a real problem and um it doesn't catch up to their target that he's actually in danger until whoop there goes his head, you know? So I I just... Um, I really liked that fucking... I thought that was spooky, mm-hmm. you know? Really scary.
0: Like I said, that's a really good fight scene, and it would have been even more effective for me if it took about half the amount of time. Uh-huh. Cut it from like five to seven minutes down to two and a half, three minute sequence. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been much more effective rather than showing us... Yep, he's dodged another... Uh, another sword and thrown the back at, thrown these spears at them mm -hmm. they have played the instrument that repels the spears well again that's the
1: issue of the three different masters because with um, it's kind of the structure of um, the cinematic structure of the the combat itself that there are these different degrees of uh, the progression of the severity of the threat and all of that and um and each master has their own uh, discipline. So, on one hand, if you're a fan of kung fu shit like I am, that kind of becomes interesting because you see the different disciplines, you know. But for, uh, again, a casual viewer, boy, that shit, I can see
0: how that could get really boring,
1: you know. But... Or start to wear a little bit in terms of um, holding up character but development.
0: In terms of the fights, I... I do think especially when they uh the beast and the uh landlord and his or the landlady and her husband by the time they get to that fight they had been doing such a good job of escalation mm-hmm. that all of a sudden you know uh these Axemen show up and one of them is just stuffed in a barrel all of a sudden and yeah. then all of a sudden whoa there's these three masters because these Axemen were the top dogs and then There's these guys that come in to take out the three masters, but then, oh, lo and behold, there's somebody else in the village who's better than these guys that were brought in, like, constantly topping themselves all the way up into the beast. And the beast is cool. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, that final fight is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But, again, when it gets down to, like, oh, it's just one dude, like, oh, he's just a superhero now, and... It's fine. Well, it's fine. Yeah. It's just not my bag, baby. <laughs> I think <coughs> I think one of
1: the reasons that um that um I like this um story as well though is that yeah, it's one guy at the end who cleans up everything. But in no way is he ever introduced as, you know, uh a hero with a heart of gold, really he's not introduced no, as someone No, he's a someone. real bastard most yeah. of the
0: time. Yeah,
1: most of the time he's a dick because he's trying to, you know, pretend that
0: uh he's a tough guy and all of this stuff, you know. Yeah, and, and he's he and I think they do a very good it, it's a real distinction that he's not a villain, he's just a bastard. Yeah. Because they show the Axe gang and like they make it a point several times, which we'll talk about shit like that later. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. say make it a point several times to state that we're the bad guys. We do bad guy stuff, mm-hmm. and they do. They like they kill a lot of people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then this guy's wants to be a bad guy, but he's just kind of a dingus. So yes. he's just a bastard, and yeah. I think that's a really good distinction to make. Yeah, exactly. It's the because one... he's, he's almost more hateable that way.
1: Well. Yeah, because you can see him deliberately choosing to act this way. And uh I think it's one of the more interesting elements in the film, you know, because at the time where where the uh uh rerouting of the chi happens, <laughs> right? And they do that whole chrysalis metaphor with him. Yeah. Which they you sure know, do is delightful. Um you know, it it allows you to kind of accept that okay, this guy had his ass handed to him. Now he's really genuinely been. <laughs> uh, Brad,
0: he got his face pummeled into the earth. <laughs> Okay, so maybe he didn't literally. have his
1: ass handed to him, but he had his face literally pummeled into the earth. There's a fucking crater like, there, isn't that awesome?
0: And it has one of my favorite little details. <laughs> From the last time the beast punches down at him, he's punched him through a floor, mm-hmm. and while he's pulling his fist out, it like rubs against the carpet hole yeah. where the carpet hole is.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And rubs
0: against the edge and like, oh, he just pummeled him through a floor. Oh yeah, yeah that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. And again, you know, it's the little detail stuff in this movie that, again, just to me makes it uh, up there in terms of legendary status, in terms of cinematic production, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, we can sit here and um, kind of pick holes in the um, different aspects of the script and things like that. But I mean, fundamentally, whatever negatives for me. Whatever negatives come uh, in interpreting this movie are all simply um, personal perspective sort of stuff Mm -hmm. because this movie, you can tell, it was made to be frivolous, be entertaining, don't think about anything too much, but, hey, here's a bunch of stuff, and uh, at the end, it's a happy ending, you know? Right. So it's like, okay, well, on all fronts, in that regard...
0: This movie hits every market it should. And what I will absolutely give this is, in, in my opinion, this mm-hmm. is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. basically wink at the camera constantly and have me not go, right. all right, well, fuck you. Because yeah. I think mm-hmm. they do it okay. There's a few points where, yeah, they flat out just say the thing. And they kind of are just hinting at, like, well, what the fuck do you want? Like, we're giving you this weird thing. Like, yeah, this is just part of the story now. And again, it's very hard to do to make that entertaining and okay, cause usually in my mind that's a a real well, cheapskate way to do things. But I will say they do it pretty well. Like when they do the flashback, like, hey, do you remember that thing? Hold on, let's pause the movie because you guys gotta see this. <laughs> It's like right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you son of a bitch! How did like you didn't make me mad at you for literally saying like, "Hey, we're gonna pause the movie and do this." Yeah, it's, we're gonna it's, do it's something little...
1: really obvious and heavy handed here. Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, you're gonna have to go along with it because uh, we're laying it all on the table. This is what we're doing. Well, the other scene that. <coughs>
1: Excuse me. The other scene. The other scene that I think is right along those lines is the whole chase where the landlady is chasing him and he's got the knife blade stuck in him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at one point he uses the knife blade as a rear view mirror to see her coming up on him. Mm-hmm. It's such... <coughs> it's Looney Tunes. Exactly. It is so blatantly Looney Tunes, but somehow in the context of this whole environment that he's established you're still able to go okay i buy it they jump the two vehicles come up what's his, uh steven slides underneath landlady jumps over the top mm-hmm. and she does this whole posing you know like she's in yeah, recline, like a, like and a she's ballerina twisting. pose yeah. yeah exactly and it's it's just those little nuance things where
0: they they just add the funny and they add the flavor that of course we're yeah. not taking she, this seriously. She wily coyotes right into that sign.
1: Completely.
0: And slides off like wily, mm-hmm. you know. I mean it's it's just And immediately following the Looney Tunes bit when he gets back inside the like traffic signal where him and his friend live, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the uh big purple, like beating lips. It's it's a yeah. straight up Roger Rabbit.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly, and the whole, um, but this is another avenue of um, sort of uh, references that, uh, that um, I don't think as an American audience we really get. Because then as his recovery continues, he um, starts punching the outside of that thing. And then the fists and the hands start pushing outwardly. And I am sure some of the gestures of those hands are significant in some way in terms of, like, some sort of international oh. gesture or gesture for prayer or something like
0: that. Is it the palm that it ended up being <coughs> at the end? The Buddhist palm? <coughs> <coughs> Hold on, dude. So, uh, one of the... One of the things that uh, I think this movie does get absolutely right is every single time that there is an opportunity to throw in a joke, they go for it. It's joke, 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 joke when they're doing the funnies. Like when the three masters after the fight, the initial fight in the town, mm-hmm. the three masters get into that scuffle on the stairway. Yeah. And then they all realize each other's styles, who they are. And they're all standing on these, uh, like... The pillars yeah, of the stairs. Yeah, the little pillars of the stairs. Yeah, And the one guy just goes, and just falls off the back of it. Like, That's a touch that you didn't need. You right. absolutely did not need to do that. But again, joke, 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 well, joke, throw them in there. If there's a chance to make a funny, do it. And physical comedy that you can just show on screen and you don't mm-hmm. have to write a joke for? Perfect. Well, perfect.
1: Absolutely, and um, the way that they employ the comedy uh the individual who falls over that's the awkward one anyway, uh-huh, so it makes sense that somehow, after they have this wonderful moment between each other, they have their heroic pose, the minute that that pose is like recognized, boom, he goes over, he's the awkward one, uh-huh, you know it's it's um really smart. The whole script, everything, um, about the presentation, I really, um, it's very difficult for me to find sections to pick apart unless I really start getting into it. So the hand gesture on the side, um, Yes, I definitely think one of them outwardly was the Buddha palm, but you also notice that there are different gestures that are kind of in a sequence there. And it makes me wonder if there's some sort of other interpretation for those um, hands, either individually or if there is some sort of... um, Uh, let's say, ritualistic or prayer sequence or something related to those hand gestures that someone who actually understood that was um, educated in that regard might recognize. Which, if that is the case, even further uh, uh, to director Stephen Chow, writer, director Stephen Chow, for um, understanding so thoroughly his audience, his story, and how to use cinema to lay in all of these things simultaneously, you know.
0: And to be brave enough to do something that I'm not sure that I've ever seen before, which is have a sequence where a young child is urinated on. (laughs) My God. (laughs) In a way that's sensible, that
1: makes the audience go, oh, that's terrible, (laughs) but not go... This is horrifying and traumatizing, <laughs> and probably shouldn't be in a, a movie for general audiences. Although, then again, this was an R-rated movie when it came out.
0: Well, like I said, just the, uh, the the particularness of all of the scenes, like the intro with the dance sequence,
1: like it's dude. That's one of my fucking favorite introductions for an, for a gang ever. It's. I love that sequence, dude.
0: And like I was telling you while we were watching it, like that's straight up like how you begin a movie like this. Is like this is what you're in for. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, if you want to stop it now, if you don't like it so far, like yeah. Uh huh.
1: (laughs) Here's
0: what we're offering (laughs) you.
1: (laughs) It. We only go bigger from here. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. And I remember the first time I saw this in a theater, uh, that whole opening and just. Again, the way the camera moves through the whole police station and we go through the different levels and then, um, you know, the the gang boss is doing his thing and uh, comes out into the street. The street is empty and you're just, uh, you have that whole sort of awkward vibe just like the boss does where suddenly it's like, and the whole swerve comes around. Just... Seeing that for the first time in the theater, you're you're surrounded by so many familiar elements. He's in a cowboy hat, cowboy boots. But then he's on the run. His leg gets chopped off by this dude who just laid on the ground to throw his axe. Uh Uh-huh. Right? (laughs) And it's like... By by the time that whole dance sequence is
0: over... Jeez... Okay, what what's next? Yeah, and they're introduced almost as like a peacekeeping force too because like there's yeah. a, a The crime... music is fun. Yeah, it's The way
1: they're dancing, you're like, y'all, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm in it." And intercut with that are these crime scenes of these bodies with axes just yeah. hacked to pieces. You're like, "What the, what the fuck?" you know? And this is our this is our hero so far. Yeah. Of the
0: th- story thus far. Yeah. yeah uh-huh.
1: I mean, I just really uh love how smart it is in um how it does all of these different references and pulls these things together because that dance that's not a a typical common chinese style dance so you are already seeing the western influence in the movie again right within the first five minutes boom
0: and I've seen very few uh, like Bollywood films but I know that's something Mm -hmm. that they do in like Bollywood films Mm -hmm. it's like there's just be all of a sudden like song and dance sequences and to us watching it you're like what the fuck is this? now
1: dude okay um I know we don't have the time for it because it is an investment but I will tell you um R R R R -R. (laughs) yep let me tell you that movie is f- so well put together, and as a mashup of um, uh, Indian production, English influence, Hollywood influence, kung fu movie. I mean, it's all in there, dude. And uh, part of the reason it's as long as it is is because by the time you're you're done, you're like, okay, all right, I saw everything, and I have no further questions. <laughs> This, but I really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. If you know what on, I mean.
0: If we're going on a little r tangent, I uh, I did hear that like when it premiered in Los Angeles, that like James Cameron was there and like took the filmmakers aside and was just like, "Guys, I really like this," and I was like asking them how they did some of the stuff. Well, and, like, it would surprise you, me when you've got yeah, James Cameron like almost undisputed king of movies who's like, man, how'd you guys do this? Like, well, here's the thing. That's the coolest goddamn thing ever. Here's
1: the thing. Everything in that movie is doable from a Hollywood perspective. And some of it is relatively easy. You can sit there and you can look at it and you can go, okay. I mean, from a filmmaking perspective, you can break down um, roughly how technically it was assembled, all of that sort of stuff. That's not the point. The point is, is that you have that technical expertise in a movie from India that has a fraction of the budget, but because we've been outsourcing all of our shit, there's a lot of talent there that's able to still do this stuff and was happy to do this to sort of put their own uh, brand on it, Right the thing about RRR R, R is it's not just that technical expertise it is the full story you have uh, an understanding of political dynamics from an international perspective straight down to the value of a bullet they really focus on this as an aspect is this person that you're considering shooting really worth the value of what it took to manufacture the bullet that you're going to use to kill this guy, right? It's an interesting question, dude, and it comes up a couple of times in a couple of different ways, and it's really fucking interesting. So you have this whole wealth of fucking uh, Marvel bullshit and everything coming out, terrible DC movies, all of this shit, and this refreshing just wash of you know all of that shit that that is coming out of Hollywood. This is genuinely how you're supposed to do this mm-hmm. as an entertaining hero story. I mean I, I can't recommend it enough. I can't wait till that, you see it. Once you see it let's talk about it. I mean dude That
0: that is a good segue back into where we are because Yes. Into this film because the one thing I will say in I say this for almost every single movie. I don't care if your movie's really that good or bad. Mm. Did you entertain me? Yeah. And fucking Kung Fu Hustle <laughs> has me hook, line, and sinker almost the awesome. entire way through. Awesome. Just like I said, the combination of elements between the pretty good fight scenes, they're not outstanding by any means, but.
1: For your average Kung Fu movie, they're not bad. No.
0: It, At least
1: the characters were distinct in terms of the different Kung Fu masters. At least they did work a little bit to try to have some uh, uh, distinction Mm -hmm. in their styles. And I I really appreciated that.
0: Right. And the... Like when our... uh... Who ends up being our main character is trying to pick a fight with the village. <laughs> and, like, the child walks out with that yeah. buff man's body. Yeah. yeah. And it's always, pl- it's all played as a joke until one of the Kung Fu Masters is the dude with the rings on his arms, who's just a dude who's just humongously buff. Yeah. And comes out and whoops a lot of ass. And, like, I was saying, like, oh, it's Colin Firth from The Kingsman in the t- church scene. Yeah. Where it's just this mild mannered, middle aged dude. Pops these fucking shower rings on his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just Mm -hmm. goes to town on this field of Axemen. It's fucking incredible. See, part of the beauty of this movie is that those are all,
1: um, you know, stars from China, Chinese movies, martial Mm -hmm. arts movies, all of that stuff. That dude's legitimately that big, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, as you could see from the choreography, he was doing that choreography, which is fantastic to watch. But like you say, sort of playing the opposites here. Instead of having the the guy who's literally like the biggest guy, I think, be the guy who's wearing the rings and playing the the most vulnerable mm-hmm. throughout most of his scenes. And then he he just comes out and and just starts steamrolling dudes. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was stuff like that that kept making me go. And then I loved the um, okay, so the baker, the guy with the sticks. The sticks I was just Spears I was guys. just
0: getting to him.
1: Now, uh, as a cook, I enjoyed just originally seeing his introduction of oh okay this is how they flattened really this is how they work the bread i could i could see you know some sort of um uh eastern traditional method or something like that you know um but then to see that this guy is the the one who like throws seven of these sticks in the air and then directs them and and i mean i was like what wait what the
0: Because he just comes bursting into this. And that's what I was talking about. I was talking about the escalation. Mm Because, like, we find out that all these different characters have these different powers. And they all just happen to be in this one little town. Yeah. And it's fucking perfect. Because this dude just, uh, the guy with the rings is in peril. Just like the big muscle dude, the first one that starts whooping ass. Yeah, the coolie. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's in trouble, so the guy with the rings steps in. And then they're both in trouble. Here mm-hmm. comes the dude with the sticks, mm-hmm. and it's just such a perfect way to introduce all of these characters that we had like kind of seen before, and never ever thought before that like, oh yeah, they're gonna have some superpower. They're they're wonderfully camouflaged.
1: Uh huh. Blended in with the whole environment. I mean, the dude with the rings, he's a tailor. Yeah. So the rings are masked as part of his curtains holding up so people can change in different areas. Mm -hmm. It's just just little stuff like that, that it's like so clever in so many different ways. The bad guys are so clearly defined. You know, the young, ruthless, careless killer, the accountant, the accountant who's clearly such a liar, such a two-faced little shit. You Uh know you can't trust that guy with anything, right? And I love, I just love that guy in the sequences because he's always like, "Hey, shut up, you fat lady!" Then the fat lady's in the car, and he's like, "Hey, clear out of here! Don't you know people are trying to sleep?" You know, and you're just like, "Oh no, you're dead! You're dead! It doesn't matter." You know, it's it's great, great stuff like that. You know,
0: and like. The landlady, when you find out, oh, she can scream really fucking loud. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they had kind of telegraphed that one a little bit. But then all of a sudden, when her drunk, lecherous husband starts getting (laughs) involved, it was like, no fucking way. Because he was just, like, kind of a sloppy drunk the entire time.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that you mention that, Chris, because... There happens to be, and you're probably aware of this from other Kung Fu movies, but you know how they were talking about, oh no, the lion's roar technique and this sort of thing. There is a technique that's uh, the drunken style of Kung Fu. And um, when they first introduce um, the landlord against those two guys, just the way his body is so loose and flowing, it's sort of reminiscent of that whole sort of uh, drunken style where you're redirecting this force that's coming at you mm-hmm. right and I, I, I maybe it sounds corny but I love at the end of the fight where he's just whipping these two guys around and he throws them away and he completes his final pose and he's perfectly centered in the yin yang symbol yep I oh I mean, the first time I saw that, I was just, oh, Stephen Chow, you fucking have won my heart. You're brilliant, you know?
0: See so say in the introduction of those two fucking ghouls that play, like, the harpsichord thing. Yes. When they're uh, making the deal Literal with... Literal
1: monsters. Yeah,
0: when they're making the deal with those guys, and you're like, oh, fucking shit, yeah, they're going to get involved? Yeah. Hell yeah, and then they show up, and they pretty much easily, not easily, but pretty easily dispatch of the three... uh yeah, the three that masters we, that we knew about, yeah. until the landlady screams out the window and breaks the strings on their uh, their instrument, and then even they they know that they're fucked. It's you know this is a, a,
1: um that type of an escalation is what uh, makes the movie just keep. Keep, um, Yeah,
0: it keeps it chugging along.
1: Yeah, it keeps you hooked because you're like, holy shit, these guys, clear monsters. What can these fucking guys do? They just decimated these three fighters, did it with relative ease, and now they've literally had their clothes blasted off their bodies. Yeah, they, they, they got chucked
0: at a wall so fucking hard it disintegrated their clothes. And now these... Fucking previously scary ghoul looking dudes wearing like these dark blue black suits. Yeah. Who look like monsters before are now sniveling cowards who.
1: are basically in their diapers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the next scene, they're in the car and the gangsters are like, get us out of here. And it's all in the editing. But then suddenly the landlord's in the front seat. Suddenly the landlady's in the back seat and nobody's saying a word to each other because those gangsters know the conversation just got real serious.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And the landlady doesn't have to say a word to him. She cracks her knuckles in his face a couple times and, like, just makes a few hand gestures. Yeah. And then just the scene ends. It's fucking fantastic, Brad.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, this is the brilliance of Stephen Chow as an international filmmaker. You didn't need any dialogue. Not at all. Anybody watching that scene knows what she said to him. Yep. Right? And uh, there are so many examples of this throughout the movie. But this, you know, it's it's no wonder after uh, viewing, it's no wonder that this made a splash internationally the way it did. That couple, by the way, the la- landlord and landlady, it was the first time that those two had worked in, um, uh, together in this kind of a movie. And their relationship was so uh, popular amongst international audiences that Stephen Chow did another movie. Now, I haven't seen it. I've only seen a couple of clips out of it. But it's a ghost story. And it's another comedy. And it features those two because everybody was like, well, if you like that combination of Stephen Chow and these two as a husband and wife, well, you know, so they served up this next movie, right? So that's on my list of things to see. But once again, it's just another example of the, the potency of this movie in the ability to use broad comedy as a language to uh, entertain literally the world
0: yeah like again, those little touches, like the guy falling off the uh, post on the st- the post on the yeah. stairways, mm-hmm. also uh, when there was a, de- a couple of the death scenes, mm. when the landlord somebody would be saying something in their final dying breaths, and the landlord would have to say, like, "I don't understand what you're saying."
1: yeah, which I didn't notice I, I'm, I can't tell you how many times I never noticed that until you pointed that out, right. <laughs> It's true, though.
0: It's so goddamn funny.
1: Well, dude, the first death scene where he says that, if I remember correctly, is when the baker dies. And the baker says, What are you prepared to do? Right? Mm -hmm. And dies. And the landlord's like, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Dude, that is a reference to Sean Connery's death scene in The Untouchables. Okay? And one of the reasons why... I know this and it's so fucking clear is because when that movie came out again saw that in the theater probably saw it three times in the theater i can't tell you fucking love this movie right but sean connery he's mentoring kevin costner's you know and this is like um brian de palma i think it is uh directed it but it's It's this elliot ness yeah it's the elliot ness story thank you uh, through Hollywood Vision is what I'm trying to get to. It sure is. <laughs> yes, exactly. And great movie, love it. Sean Connery gets his ass handed to him. He takes a full shotgun blast to the chest. Kevin Costner gets to him.
0: He's Sean Connery. He'll be fine. You Kevin seen, have Costner you seen gets that to chest. Him. My God.
1: Sean Connery has stayed alive long enough to give a clue to Kevin Costner, and as he's dying. He's all in Kevin Costner's face. What are you And then he dies, right? And it's supposed to be this really dramatic thing, but people, audiences, were like, "What the fuck? What? Did, <laughs> what did
0: he just say? What is shot? What?" Right? We we have a hard enough time understanding him when he's speaking clearly. What are exactly. you doing? And he was already working
1: on being the Irish beat cop, so he already was fucking up his accent, right? Oh so now he he's even attempted his-
0: an accent, that's not very Sean Connery. Well I mean uh, oh. I I mean, it's it's so I, endearing. If Highlander's it, taught dude. us anything, it's that Sean mm-hmm. Connery's just gonna do Sean Connery. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm Egyptian. <laughs> no, no you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I say <laughs> I'm Egyptian.
1: By God I live Egyptian.
0: But yeah, so the whole speech like Christopher Lambert and his weird ass accent, like yeah, he's Scottish my ass.
1: Completely, dude. I mean, come on. But still I love Highlander, great movie. Um And the whole what are you prepared to do leads back to uh, when Kevin Costner is convincing Sean Connery to help him in the first place. Because Sean Connery is like, okay, look, if you want to take on the mob, what are you prepared to do? Right? So that whole thing is supposed to be extra dramatic because here's Sean Connery in the moment of his death saying, it's now up to you, kid. What are you prepared to do? Right? So here in Kung Fu Hustle... Out of fucking nowhere is this one legend who's had his ass handed to him saying to the next master in line, what are you prepared to do, like Sean Connery. I mean, the first time I saw that, I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Nobody, nobody has
0: referenced that scene like that, ever. But but then, like I was saying, those excellent comedic sensibilities to add on... I, I yeah, don't underst- I don't understand. I don't, I don't know what you're saying, man. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, right? Right. And the weird thing that it does too is it kind of nullifies death because there's not not a lot of people die in this film. Well, there's a lot of people that get the ever loving shit kicked out of them, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that should absolutely be dead from brain contusions. Well, but everybody yeah. seems
1: yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> well, it does what a a well-timed well-written comedy should do which is allow the time for those serious moments to happen so that the audience can understand that there are some actual genuine stakes here these people actually do care about things that are happening around them care about people that sort of thing and then once we've established that, let's get back to the jokes because <laughs> it's get, really about the jokes let's, here. Let's you know? Get back
0: to being zany. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You know, I mean that I will never. Uh, I I am still I'm so impressed by the Looney Tunes run that they had the audacity to do. You know, just that it's um, a Looney Tunes samurai western. Yeah, like, what the fuck. <laughs> Well, okay, he comes out as now Buddhist enlightened uh, super kung fu master. What's one of the first things he does? He steps on eight different feet and flattens them like pancakes. That's his technique. Yeah, he, right? fucking you're Roger, like, he Roger rabbits them. Yeah, 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 completely. And uh, And you're just like... <laughs> he's hitting guys in the air like two or three times as he's moving through the air. You know, they're just a uh, lovely like. Okay, I don't care about uh, any comparisons, whatever. Matrix, Burly Brawl, the way they do all of that with the, all of the Agent Smiths and. Keanu, you know, doing all of the fights and all of the midair stuff. I still think this looks better. I still think this holds up. I like it better, you know. Uh, even when he's coming down with the Buddhist palm technique. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, just rocketing toward the earth. A big
1: fireball coming down. He's he's fine. No no problem. It It burned his cool white shirt, but his pants are fine. He's fine, you know, and and the toad guy yielded.
0: I mean, the toad guy, yep. <laughs> I forgot, he just turns into a toad-based torpedo. It is fucking fantastic. <laughs> they even say
1: oh my god, that's the Lord Toad technique.
0: Yeah, that's Yes, I love the specificity of not, that's the Toad technique. That's the <laughs> Lord Toad technique. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Oh
1: man, God, I love this movie so much. And, I, I mean, dude, okay, it's very simple. It's uh, a poor girl who's mute, so she can't really speak to defend herself. she's very you know meek, gentle, gentle. Thank you. yes, she's a gentle soul, and the first time that they meet, he moves to defend her. The last time they uh, meet, he's had his sort of uh personal awakening with his self. He's no longer like trying to be an evil, tough guy. he's actually uh, embraced this fond memory, and use that to help make like this candy store for kids to help sort of lighten the mood on the neighborhood block. And that's how she rediscovers him. And it's so simple, but I find it so endearing that this is this is the light ending. Doesn't mean that they're going to get married. Doesn't mean, you know, that they're going to have five kids and, and all of that stuff. But there is still this sense of hope, you know, sense of, okay, good can come from this now, you know. And, uh, and honestly, sometimes that's all you really need out of the story, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, an easy enough to follow narrative Mm -hmm. with just insane dialogue thrown in. (laughs) Insane
1: dialogue, insane visuals, you know. I mean, the visuals are just such a pleasure to me, to, um just sit back and watch watch all of the silliness and i love you know again the build of the ax gang right up to um probably the when all of the dust is settling after the three uh legends have been revealed mm-hmm. uh the three masters have been revealed uh and um, so that i would say that's your first big whole sequence you know that like first what would that be 20 minute 15 minute setup 10 minute setup whatever that Something is like that, yeah. but that whole build right there that alone is like master cinema construction you know and um if you're not into that movie at that point well there's no fucking way you'll be able to deal with the rest of it you might as well just go back to whatever it is that interests you you know
0: Like I said, I mean, I I like a good serious movie as much as the next person, Mm -hmm. but when you are effectively respecting the consumer's time and money by just providing nonstop entertainment, that is such a valuable skill to me, is being able to provide entertainment, because that's why I'm watching your film.
1: This is another reason why I like this movie, though, because so many movies lately... Even if they're presented as being entertainment, there are elements where you're like, um, okay, so this is just some writer with an opinion right now who's using this character, okay. At least the rest of this doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least here it's like, oh, no, 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 this is all fun. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they and I love that they established that right away. Like, hey, th- this is going to be zany and weird and off the wall and you're going to have a blast watching this. I, you can go watch The Godfather if you like, but uh, here's what we have to offer. And, like I said, a director who respects your time and money like yeah. that is, to me, like an invaluable skill that I think.
1: Well, dude, we, I can't tell you it. how delighted I am that you love like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, uh, I
0: enjoyed this a million times more than anything I've ever seen Christopher Nolan make. <laughs>
1: Fucking a mm-hmm. right yes, oh my god. Perfect Some, example. Somebody who yeah.
0: really respects your time and money mm-hmm. versus somebody who hasn't been told no in a while.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's an that's an excellent um uh example, excellent counterpoint in terms of what we're talking about. And Christopher Nolan, at the time that this movie was out, I mean, he could have taken a lesson, you mm-hmm. know. He could have, but at any rate, so um so was there anything else in terms of the story, or like the introduction of the toad and the way he catches the bullet, uh-huh, dude. Like the, anything the, that sticks the, out okay. to you?
0: The the way the the beast is introduced is they pull up to the uh what is it the abnormal uh atypical pathology <laughs> yeah, center. A- yeah. Atypical uh-huh. pathology center. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No. And yeah, and it's lit like this fucking haunted house from yesteryear. This old asylum. Exactly. It reminds me of the old horror movie Asylums Uh and everything.
1: And then they have the cloud form over it. Yeah, Right as they pull the fence and he takes his first step in, the wind comes up. It's like, oh,
0: shit. (laughs) And He sneaks his way in and uses his special lockpick skills to open the door and there's the beast just sitting taking a dump. Yeah, yeah. And it's such an easy gag to do, but again, it's timeless. Like, nah, look at him taking a dump. Yeah,
1: and he's, I mean, dude, it works on so many levels because not only is it just your your basic shit joke, but throughout the rest of the scene with him, even through the fight with the landlord and landlady, as you pointed out, he's in his prison underwear. He's just got the prison tank top, the prison boxer shorts, and his sandals.
0: Yeah, flip-flops.
1: You talk about taking your most lethal master down to the most vulnerable he can be. Just him, no weapons, nothing. That's literally what they bring. And they still demonstrate how formidable that is, how confident he is. Even so confident to the point where he's that's how we first see him, you mm-hmm. know? It's just, it's smart all the way through, dude. I mean, I, I know I keep repeating myself with all of that, but... But,
0: like I said, you Unique that is, characters. That is almost where I start to lose interest, though, because it is presented in such a superhero-y way mm. that when they fight him, they literally, like, they kick his face, like, sideways and in yeah. rubbery, and that's when I get to the, like... Yeah. Okay, well, before it was just kind of fun action, but like now the stakes are, all right, this guy's indestructible, and they've already brought up the, oh, well, you'd have to be one in a million, a, a one in a million kung fu genius
1: <laughs> to well, defeat
0: this guy. Well, here's the thing, is that,
1: uh, as I've said, I've watched this movie several times, and even this time, I'm seeing things that I never really caught before. And, um, so there are all of the little allusions to that about, um, about our hero, uh, throughout the movie, which, uh, is kind of interesting because once again, on one hand, I wonder what references we don't get that are, uh, clues that are left within Mm -hmm. the feature, um, but, you know, that whole idea of um, of the one in a million and, uh, and all of that stuff.
0: Uh, like, all that's fine to me. I understand it, yeah. it feels like lazy writing, but when you're doing something as off-the-wall bonkers and you've already pointed out several other plot points and just said them... When you're just gonna say like, oh yeah, there's a one in a million kung fu genius <laughs> that can defeat him, and you're like, all right, that's well, fine. But, I do
1: think that's where you're depending on the comedy as a device exactly. to kind of help you get through it, because certainly you've escalated the violence to superhero level, to, yeah, y- and so that, you have to make it absurd. And
0: that is just my personal no. Dislike, you're right about it, though. Dislike is superhero stuff because, mm-hmm. like, as soon as it becomes like over the top, kind of. It, like, invulnerable, like, all right, well, this isn't interesting to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. yeah, let's just get the fight underway and get back to the sillies.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the Beast literally is... Um,
0: Indestructible. Literally,
1: yeah. Because even at the very end, technically, if you think about it, sure, he was defeated and all of that, but ultimately, he just surrenders.
0: And... It, you know. It's been proven that he's a snake before, because he completely cheats, cheats a couple times.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, is anything really defeated? I mean. I suppose it pops into my head now. I suppose we could go off on some tangent philosophically about, you know, the sustainability of evil in the face of good or whatever, but I don't think it's or, going there or, at all, really. Or
0: leaving it open for Kung Fu Hustle 2. 2 the yeah. Return of the Beast. Or... Well,
1: you know, and I'll give Stephen Chow uh, credit for this. To my knowledge, there is no Kung Fu Hustle 2, there is no sequel. What he did do was. Um, Build that popularity into other projects, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so again, uh, really smart, uh, cinematic. I mean, much respect to him as a filmmaker, absolutely. You know?
0: And you can tell through pretty much every single frame of this film, it was made by somebody who cared, yeah, yeah. And that really, really shows, yeah. It was somebody who cared enough to take the time and go, Well, can we make this a little better? Like mm-hmm. I said, you could have had just the three masters standing on the three pillars on the stairs and cut it from there. Yeah. You have to add one of them falling off.
1: But if you're Stephen yeah. Chow, you did.
0: But, yeah, yeah. yeah, like we've already mentioned, the guy dying, and then you don't have to add... I, Dude, I can't understand you. What are you saying? You don't have to do that. You, and then have the audacity to make it a running gag. Uh-huh. You know? I mean,
1: that... Dude, hats off. It seriously... that.
0: incredible filmmaking instincts and incredible performances hats off to everybody associated (laughs) with this because man what a fucking weird movie
1: (laughs) excellent brilliant all right cool um so very happy you enjoyed this dude Mm -hmm. um thank you for taking the time and making it available making this whole um you know Uh, recording possible and all of that dude seriously our our
0: taco bell experience well (laughs) i'm I'm sorry for eating half of your burrito or most of that burrito without noticing well you
1: know i actually um i uh have a project that i'm working on and uh oh you're
0: just moving right into plugs i thought we were gonna have a nice taco bell discussion but you know what that's fine that's fine you know what brad just plug your shit well go ahead I think you,
1: you <laughs> I think you covered the heights of the Taco Bell discussion, <laughs> uh, which mainly was that it was a simple gaffe, and thank God I didn't eat your burrito supreme, whatever that was, because the first bite would have been me, you know, um, squealing disgust. and uh, yes, uh huh, expressing dismay. Fortunately, that never happened. So, um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I'm counting my blessings. Because um,
0: that that's what happens when Brad tastes something he doesn't like. He spits it out immediately and just yells, DISPLEASURE! <laughs> I go, oh, fucking hell, dude. Did you read the label? You separated the burritos, Brad. I would still blame you. <laughs> I was working off of your work. Well, uh,
1: clearly you made a mistake when you did that. <laughs> and sure you should have double-checked your order like a good friend would have. Oh my God! So very sorry for that. Uh,
0: See, we didn't cover the heights of the Taco Bell discussion. We really got to the bottom of it, and our deep yes, seeded, I
1: blame you, and our deep, completely and entirely, our deep yes.
0: seated animosity toward each other. I
1: will not sleep tonight thinking about this. <laughs> Just and
0: brewing with hatred. How it must
1: be intentional that you robbed me through your voracious appetite. <laughs>
0: Through, through my negligence.
1: <laughs> Your negligence and voraciousness. Anyway, How dare you? Hey,
0: hey, Brad, what have you got to plug?
1: Oh fuck. So dude, I have a project coming up, so I'm watching my, my uh figure or pretending that I am, but um uh so so essentially in the um, next couple of months we're going to have um <laughs> <laughs> In the next couple of months, we're going to have you. Uh, little promo stuff that will be coming out. You've been
0: coughing this whole goddamn time. Don't you oh, side-eye me because I had to let one up. No, I
1: wasn't side-eyeing. I was laughing because what just happened to you is what happened to me earlier when I literally could not fucking speak, dude. I mean, that... I hit a spot in my throat, burnout in my throat, where it was like I couldn't even fucking breathe for a minute there.
0: Anyway, you've got a project coming up in the next couple months.
1: Yes, essentially, uh, it's a movie. It's called Becoming Emily. It's a crowdfunding project. uh, And by that, I mean essentially that um, the first tier of the crowdfunding, we're literally just pre-selling tickets. And there's a little sort of uh, gambit that's going along with that. Should be a lot of fun. Um the intention is to essentially sell 4000 tickets uh that will allow us to raise the budget for the feature shoot the feature and then um uh bring that feature and offer it up for distribution and essentially uh use that as the first uh project uh for our company anyway to try to help build an entertainment industry here in Grand Rapids that's focused on feature film production. So that's the big news. That's coming up. Uh, The pre-sale for the tickets starts up in June. And um, again, uh, it's going to be part of a tiered crowdfunding program. Lots of stuff going on with that. The website is called becomingemilymovie.com and uh, if you go to that website that um, will hit our main splash page mountainfiremedia.com and after that uh, in about two weeks we're going to have the official uh, information for everything related to what i've been talking about here everything goes right and it should then we'll be in production on the movie in October. The movie should be done by end of October, November. We're off at American Film Market in November, then ideally by the end of the year. We're already negotiating a production deal, and the premiere for the movie is set for January 6, 2024, which is a Saturday. And that's the big news, my friend. Yep. Yep yep <laughs> yeah. so um so I'm looking forward to that promoting that doing all of that stuff that's um the next big push that uh I'm currently engaged in and um so far the I'm testing the waters and so far everything seems uh favorable. I'm still confident that the plan is uh very doable and uh, and um everything moves as it should, then in the next three, five years, this is a relatively consistent thing. And there is that foundation in the idea of um, having uh, professional union movies here, whether they're coming in from out of state or they're being made through co-productions here in the state, that is a very real thing, no joke, up and running. So, so yeah, That's what we're working for. That's what I'm working for. And I know there are a lot of people with a similar mindset. So I'm looking forward to meeting them and working with them and um, moving forward with the whole thing.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah, buddy.
1: Yes, my friend. So uh, at some point in there, I'm not sure exactly what role uh, I'll have for you, but I'll have some sort of something going along. And we'll talk about that as it comes up, too. Okay?
0: I, uh, I can make a mean cup of coffee.
1: All right, well, you know, uh, I'm sure I can find something that that would be of more interest to you.
0: I I can make about two and a half cups at a time. Okay. So keep that in mind when...
1: Well, I do know about the cup of coffee because God knows that's gotten us through some of these. um... (laughs) Through some of the
0: hardest times. (laughs) Man. (laughs) The secret ingredient is a uh, large dose of LSD.
1: (laughs) Well, some of these... uh, some of these winters that we've had here and uh yeah Jesus you know uh, a couple of hallucinogens in the coffee would not be a bad idea.
0: <laughs> this coffee tastes like battery. Acid. <laughs> huh,
1: why is why is this mo- mushroom floating in here? What is this? What?
0: Never mind. Just, just, know. just drink it. So I <laughs> just slowly, swallow it down I, with everything so else. Just slowly draw back the hammer on the revolver.
1: <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have to do that.
0: No, no, I'd just be like, oh, no, okay. No, no, Brad, I don't have to. I get to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's true.
0: Of course, I'm your guest. I'll, you know. <laughs> of course, I will drink mushroom coffee at gunpoint <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you insist.
0: All right. host all right should we bring <laughs> kind this? host should we be done well here? now
1: chris do you have anything you would like to plug because you are still doing the horror vomit stuff and that i mean you've been doing some really interesting movies with james lately so what's going on with all of that
0: uh that comes out every tuesday
1: every tuesday
0: and i have also been playing resident evil 7
1: oh dig it okay cool <laughs> that's
0: that's about it. All right. I, I've been playing a game. Oh, I've been reading a book. That's, any new uh, that, t-shirts nice? or anything
1: like that on the horizon? Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: Probably not, no. Um, let's see. I, I swept the floor today. I can just tell you what I've got going on. It's well, now, interesting. Well, uh, now,
1: have you been reading any Shirley Jackson books? Because you know she doesn't write screenplays. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> bringing, bringing it back it around inside
0: baseball. Let's can oh, we be right. done, Brad? Uh, <laughs> thank you very it?
1: much, everybody, for tuning in. This has <laughs> been HPV and um...
0: thrust it in your ear holes. <coughs> yep, <laughs> I'm I'm calling it on that. You good with that? Done. All right. <laughs> <laughs>